and it's just such a privilege to be here with you all. And uh, um, as a pastor, my heart beats to be with the people of God. Um, Preaching at a screen is not what I want to do, and it's not what I'm good at, um, but I've been trying to be faithful to reach everybody the best that we can. Um, And uh, I think this is an awesome thing. Um, This isn't the first situation like this in our world. There have been plagues and pandemics throughout history, um, and churches have had to do the right thing in in terms of loving each other and putting people's interests above their own. I believe we're doing the right thing by being separate and taking care of each other. Um, Doesn't mean it's it's any fun, right? Um, So what we're going to do, I'm going to read some scripture. And then we're going to talk about what I believe God's Word is saying to us. I promise we won't be long because I don't want to make, I know y'all don't want to sit in your cars uh, for too long. Um, but uh, hopefully this will be the beginning of not just a healing, but a revival. Uh, because I believe God is using this right now to wake our world up. I believe God is using this to get our attentions. And I believe God is going to use this to stir up the biggest revival the world's ever seen. Uh, Jesus said, and, and the Bible says in the latter days, that God is going to send a, a heavy rain, a, a new, a fresh wind from God to revive the earth and to wake people and to bring people to him. I think that's what he's doing here. And as our churches, have, as, as we've been told and forced to not be able to assemble, when we get back in the house, we're going to have a desire and an urgency like no, uh, none other uh, to be on mission for God. But this period of time, I believe God is getting us ready for something big. Um, so... I want to, if you got a Bible on your phone or in your, if you brought your Bible with you, you probably could, uh, could uh, guess what scripture we're going to turn to tonight. Um, but if you have a Bible, I would love for you to look at 2 Chronicles 7 with me tonight. Uh, we're going to just read two verses um, and we're going to talk about this scripture, uh, what it meant back then, what it means right now. Hello, Liz. It's good, it's so good to have you tonight. Um, we're going to talk about what this scripture means to us, the promise that it gives us. Um, and again, Second Chronicles chapter 7, if you have a Bible, uh, verse number 13 says, and this is God talking, so this is, is even better. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or I command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. So when God allows or causes or whatever you want to understand that and we'll talk about what it means so when God does something that we don't think is good or we don't understand why when God and then it says if my people who us God's people if God's people who are called by his name as in we belong to him he has given us access to to heaven to the kingdom We have so much privileges as people. So if God's people who are called by God's name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. So God makes a promise. So when, if, and then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And we need a healing tonight. And we've opened up to a very familiar, often quoted scripture. I've seen this passage put uh, on Facebook a lot, shared a lot. It's a scripture that we've turned to in times of terrorism, in times of war, in times of, of, of all sorts of problems. It's an appropriate passage in any season for you personally or for us nationally and for internationally. I've heard a lot of people ask me, though, recently, is this promise still in effect today? That when something happens that's bad and if God's people pray, will God turn and respond and give the healing that we asked for is this promise is this passage still appropriate and is it still in effect for us today all these thousands of years after it was written 
Now, first off, I want to make it very clear to all of you. I want to encourage you. God's Word, from front to back, is as inspired and as useful as it's ever been. So whether you open to Genesis or Leviticus or uh, 1 Timothy or Revelation, regardless of what era you're in or what side of the world you're on, God's Word has something to say to you. So don't ever be worried or wondering, hey, do I got to you know, be an expert to get something out of this? God's Word is open for everybody to understand clearly and simply. So don't ever wor- wonder if the passage is appropriate. And all the more, this is an appropriate passage for us tonight. But I do want to talk about the context of this scripture so that we understand how to approach it and how to get the most out of it. Now, there are two lens that we can read the Bible through. Um, All of us know these lens, whether you talked about it like this or not. Um, There's before Christ and there's since Christ. Now, all the Old Testament was written through the lens of before the Messiah, before Jesus. But now we can read it as well as the new, we read the entire Bible through the lens of since Jesus, since Christ, since God has sent his son, what does it mean now? So that means we have a greater perspective than even these that lived this for themselves back in a thousand or so BC. Now hear me, you don't need a theological education to understand the Bible. That's not what I'm saying tonight. What I am saying is we might have a problem with verse 13 if we don't understand how to read this scripture and we don't understand how it applies to us. Because verse 13 tells us that God is the one who brought this trouble on Israel in the ancient world. That God brought locusts and God didn't allow it to rain and God sent a pestilence. And I know people would respond to that in our world today, rightfully so. Well, if God is loving and God is good, why would he do that? And if you've wondered that, and if you've asked that question, or somebody's asked you that question, that's an appropriate question, because I understand we might have a problem with a God who is loving, also doing something that hurts us in some way. I hear you. This text suggests that God did indeed send some things on Israel that were not that good. Under the old covenant, that's the relationship he had with them. That's not just how it seems, that's how it was. But we aren't under the old covenant anymore. We aren't reading this through a before Jesus lens. We are reading this through a since Jesus, since Christ lens. So what does that mean? That means that we have the confidence that Jesus died for our sins. They didn't have that confidence. They were hoping that a lamb at the altar would pay for their sins. They didn't know if it would, and they didn't know if that was going to quell the anger of God or the wrath of God or the wrath of anybody. We have the confidence that Jesus died for our sins. We have the confidence and the assurance that Jesus took the wrath and the fury of God. So God's posture towards us, hear me very clearly, his posture towards us is not judgment, it's salvation. Because Jesus did not come to the world to judge the world. It was already condemned before he came. He came to save it. He came to save us. So we got to ask the question, did God send this pestilence? Did God send this plague? Well, this virus started because some people made some poor decisions, right? Some people on the other side of the planet made a poor decision, and maybe they made a lot of poor decisions, but they made a poor decision that gotten out of control. Maybe they wanted it. I don't know. It's not for us to speculate. But some people made a bad decision, and it had a bad impact on the world. See, this virus, like so many plagues and pandemics and problems, is a result of people like us who made a decision that was far from God's will. Because we've all done that, haven't we? Our planet is fallen 
Because we come from a long line of people who make decisions that are far from God's will. It's not just China. It's not just America. It's everybody that's ever been on the planet since Adam and Eve. And that means everybody, right? God does not cause things to fall. God only causes things to rise. God is able to use our world's fallenness and brokenness to call us to himself, to reach out to us, and that's what he's doing right now. Because of Jesus, we don't wonder if God is trying, what God is trying to do with this. We know God is using this to bring us to him, to bring more people to him. So if anybody asks you, hey, why is this going on? You can say this is going on because God wants to make his power known. He wants the world to know that there is only one God and his name is Jesus. So we can read this passage carefully and ultimately we hear that God does take responsibility over everything on this planet. It's his planet. But you know what that also means? God took responsibility for the planet in the most extreme measures in that he didn't cause it to fall, he didn't cause us to sin, but Jesus came and took the, the, the curse of our sin on his own back. So when we talk about God being responsible for the planet and God being responsible for what happens, Jesus came and took responsibility for something he didn't do. To do for us what we could not do for ourselves. So a greater word than Moses' rules over us, a greater king than Solomon has risen, Jesus' words ring louder than anybody's, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a promise. So that promise rules over any problem we have in this world. So yes, there's a plague. Yes, there's a pestilence. Yes, it's bad. But what is God trying to say to us through this plague you can turn toward me and find help. So we turn to heaven tonight and we don't question why this is happening. We don't hedge our posture to God and say, God, if you don't remove this, we aren't going to worship you. Or if you do remove this, we will worship you. No, we worship him no matter what. We, we know no matter what that God is loving and merciful and kind. His kindness is what leads to repentance. His favor is what covers us in this forsaken time. People ask me, is this the end times? I don't know. But the good news is that if it might be the end times, it's not the end of us. If it's the end of the earth as we know it, it just means it's the beginning of the earth as it was always meant to be. A time of redemption and restoration. So no matter what the reason for this pandemic is, the purpose of it is to call us back to God. To bring us closer to God. King David wrote in Psalm 119, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. You are good and you do good. It is for me, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your rules. The law of your mouth is better than the thousands of gold and silver. We come to God confessing that He is good. Anything that gets us closer to him is worth it because he alone is worthy of our devotion and our service. We come to God tonight saying that, God, we praise you in this season as we always should, and no doubt we failed to do it in previous seasons like we should. We confess that we have forgotten him in many ways. We have eaten and gotten full. We built good houses and lived in them, and we've watched our blessings multiply. 
We confess that our hearts have been lifted up. And though it was God who saved us and blessed us, we failed to honor Him and glorify Him in these things. We confess that we often say in our hearts, my power and my strength has gotten me this far. We confess that we have forgotten the Lord and we went after other gods, like politicians and athletes and possessions and hobbies. We confess that our worship hasn't always been devoted to Him and Him alone. We have trusted in and we've sacrificed to other gods and idols. We come to God tonight and we call on the name of the good, loving, merciful, saving, and sovereign Lord. We come before Him and we know that if we call on Him and we humble ourselves and we seek Him and we pray to Him and we turn from our sin, then He will respond. And He will heal. That's a promise. We are God's people called by His name. And i got to ask you, have you been picking up the calls that God has been sending you this past week? Just because church is closed and, and, and our worship isn't like it, what we want it to be doesn't mean God's not calling you because He is. His Word calls to you every day. Have you been reading it? Have you been listening to it? Or do you need to check your voicemails? Do you need to check your emails, your text messages? Because God has been trying to get our attention. We call on God because He has called on us. Have we humbled ourselves as and fall on our faces and lay down our pride? And say, God, I don't deserve you, but you continually come after me. Like a lost sheep, I'm the one you search for that keeps going astray. God, thank you. I want to worship you and honor you with my life. Will you all join me in forsaking wickedness of any kind? Sin, anything that puts God second in our lives, anything that takes first place over him in our lives. Together, let us forsake greed and lust and anger and bitterness and jealousy and fear. We forsake darkness and we turn toward light tonight and we beg for light to shine on us and open our eyes. If we do this, God says He will hear and He will heal. Can you hear God tonight? Can God hear us tonight? If we are seeking Him and calling on Him, He will hear us. He does hear us. But we don't just pray for healing. We pray for revival. We don't just want to get through this and be back where we started. We want to be different. We want to be inspired. We want to be changed for the better. The enemy might have meant this for evil, but God meant it for good, for your good. So we don't just pray for recovery. We pray for revival. We want to be as urgent to grow His kingdom as we've been protecting our kingdoms in the recent weeks. Right? We want to be as urgent to grow the kingdom as we've been diligent to protect our kingdoms. We want to be as diligent in loving one another and evangelizing as we've been social distancing. We want to be as focused on our spiritual health as we have been our physical health. We want to be as updated about His plan as we have been our country's plan. We want revival and we pray for revival tonight. So when 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. If you believe that tonight, 
I want you to pray with me. I'm going to lead us in prayer. You pray your own prayer. You can listen to this prayer, and then we can, you can pray some more after that. But I'm going to lead us in prayer, and I want us to call upon the name of our Heavenly Father, our Almighty God, who has made us a promise tonight that if we call on His name, He will do incredible things. Pray with me. Father, no matter the response we get from you tonight, even if we get no response at all, you are still good. You are still God and you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our lives. You alone are worth living for. You alone provide and can save. In this time, we come in fear and anxiety, confusion and wearied by our world's condition. We pray for those that are suffering, for those that are vulnerable. We pray for those that are in harm's way. We pray for the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to always do what is right. What best communicates love and respect for our brothers and sisters. We pray for those that are ministering to the sick in this time. We pray for those who are working in compromised fields. We pray for those that have been laid off. We pray for our president, the task force team, for Congress and our local authorities. We pray for a cure, for a vaccine, for a full recovery of all that you have put in place. We pray for a miracle from your hand. We know that you can. We know that you are greater. We ask that you would. We ask that you would make your power and name known once again. We confess that we've forsaken you in many ways. We've turned and trusted in idols. We've forgotten you in more ways than we could name. We rejoice knowing that Christ died for our sins. He took our judgment so that we can stand in grace tonight. We thank you for this position and we ask you to restore and renew our faith around Jesus' finished work. We repent of our sin, all that we have put before you and all that we've held back from you. We confess that we have done more wrong than right. Our world constantly chooses less than your best. Father, forgive us. We believe and know that Jesus' blood is sufficient for us in our world tonight. Father, we're asking you to heal our land, to heal our people. Your kingdom is greater. Your economy is bulletproof. We ask you to bring your kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. We pray for revival. We don't want to waste this season. We want to grow in it. Lord, as we face this threat tonight, we ask for boldness to represent you. At distant now, but when it passes, wherever you send us, doing whatever you want us to do. Pour your Holy Spirit out and use us to bring good news to our world. Lord, send a revival on our world. We know that our world deserves worse, but we know that Jesus' death and resurrection promises us and provides us exactly what we don't deserve. Lord, in the midst of your wrath, would you remember mercy? In the midst of our pain, would you remember healing? In the midst of this isolation... Would you prepare us for revival? We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus, King and Lord, Lamb and Lion, Savior and God. Amen. It is such a blessing to be able to pray with all you tonight. And I believe from the authority of God's scripture and from the Holy Spirit that I feel moving in this parking lot right now, that God has heard from Risen Church and our brothers and sisters who have gathered with us tonight. 
God has heard his people and we are going to continue to let him hear from his people. And if we continue to do this, then he will heal. He will bring us through this stronger than ever before. Church, I love you. It's such a blessing to be here. It's such an awesome opportunity that God has given us tonight. I don't want to hold anybody any, any longer tonight. I know it's been very, uh, you've been very patient, and we appreciate you being a part of the assembly of God in this very unique and uh, very awesome service that we've had tonight.